1: Curtis Slewa, the great WABC, and he is an icon in this business. I've been preparing for this program all weekend, and I just walked into the bunker ten minutes ago because my flight was delayed. I've got family 2,000 miles away and family 1,000 miles away, and some family ain't doing so great, so, you know, I spend the weekend or some weekends making sure I, uh, I take care of them so or help them. So uh, I'm not going to get into that. I'm just saying it's been uh, quite a ride. But I'm ready. I've been ready. All weekend long. All weekend long on cable TV. All weekend long. Saturday and the Sunday shows on network TV. And I mean all cable TV. The President of the United States has been smeared. And it is relentless and it is endless. And I'm sick of it. And people keep judging him, his reaction to this, his reaction to that. Most of us would have a nervous breakdown by now. The constant assault on this President, which is absolutely unwarranted. The... The absolute disrespect that's shown the office of the presidency and this president. The clear effort to destroy him and everyone and anything associated with him is undermining this country. North Korea has nuclear weapons, thanks to prior presidents. Iran has been and is trying to get nuclear weapons, thanks to prior presidents. China is on the move, stealing our technology, thanks to prior presidents. Russia is on the move, thanks to prior presidents. And day in and day out, we have to hear people like Adam Schiff and others character assassinating this president, suggesting that the Russians have something on him. And then they all suggest that the Russians have nothing on him. They have absolutely nothing on him. If they had something on him by now, we'd know about it. Donald Trump is the most investigated man in American history. He's got committees investigating him. He's got a thousand newspapers investigating him. He's got a special counsel investigating him. He has a state attorney general in New York investigating him. He's the most investigated man in American history. By every level of government, by every news operation, and they have nothing. This is not even an attack on Donald Trump, as horrible as it is. It's not even an attack on on his family, as horrible as it is. It's an attack on the American people. The American people voted for him. And I don't want to hear about the popular vote. That's not what the Constitution provides. It's called the Electoral College. And just because you run up numbers in California, that doesn't mean, oh, Hillary Clinton would have been president. Every single president in this country who was elected, was elected through the Electoral College, not the popular vote. So we're not falling for that. You know, he tweets this and he says that and he ought to do this. Every single thing this man does is hyper-investigated. They're obsessed over him. Why does he tweet Because it's the only way he can get his message out. It's the only way he can communicate with the American people. He goes around the media, and they hate him for it. Because they want to sabotage him. They're all about sabotage. The media are all about sabotage. The Democrat Party are all about sabotage. Most of the professors who are tenured in this country also are all about sabotaging him. That's what's going on here. Because, you see, they feel they were within reach Within reach of their nirvana Of their utopia Of their paradise Within reach The great Barack Obama for eight years Turning the country inside out and upside down The great Barack Obama selling out America Destroying national sovereignty and our borders They thought they were within reach And then Hillary loses how could she possibly lose how could she possibly lose especially to Donald Trump this outsider this this TV guy this Real estate guy, this guy who's never been a politician. How could she possibly lose to him? All the money we poured into her campaign, all the votes we got, legal and illegal, all the media supporting her, all the elites, the establishment, just behind her, and she still lost. We thought we carried her across the finish line. How is this possible? Something's wrong with the American people. Something's wrong with the Constitution like the Electoral College. And we have to fix this. And you know how we're going to fix this? We're going to destroy him. And they take this Russia narrative that was hatched by the Hillary Clinton campaign through the fusion dossier. They take this Russia narrative... Run it up the FBI's flagpole. Run it up the CIA's flagpole. Run it up the National Intelligence Director's flagpole. Run it into the media. Push the narrative. He wins. And it's been Russia, Russia, Russia ever since. They don't have squat. Not a... Watch yourself, Mark. Not a damn thing. And then he fights back. This is what they hate the most. He fights back. He's an innocent man. He's an innocent man. He hasn't done anything to deserve this. He fights back for himself. He fights back for his family. He fights back for his presidency. He fights back for his administration. And they can't stand it. They thought they would have broken him by now. And another man they would have broken by now. They thought they had him on the ropes. They've never had him on the ropes. They're trying to criminalize his administration. They're trying to impeach his administration if they get the numbers. They're trying to smear it and character assassinate it every conceivable way they can. Iran threatens us and he pushes back and now we're told that's done because he's trying to distract us. No president has ever been treated this way. Reagan comes the closest and he's not even close. Barack Obama was treated as a king. You want to talk about dictators? You want to talk about kings? Oh, the freedom of the press. Look what our free press did. They slobbered all over him. All over him. Nobody has done more damage to the United States Constitution than Barack Obama and the judges that he appointed. That's right. And the judges that he appointed who've tried to undermine this president, whether it comes to immigration or whatever it comes to. Completely out of control. Completely out of control. I've never seen so many lightweights in the media in my life. Lightweights, low IQ, truly stupid people who claim to be reporters, who claim to be news people. And we know what they do. They all meet in the evening Not all together But they have their little cabals They get together Pat themselves on the back They actually think That they're doing a service to the nation They're not doing any service to the nation They're destroying their reputations They're destroying their profession They're not even professionals They're out of the closet Hardcore leftists Look at that lineup at CNN It is grotesque ...for its political bias. Look at that line of MSNBC. It is grotesque, filled with Democrats. Appalling. And if there's any conservative platform out there, it's trashed. Look at CNN. This fool Brian Stelter at CNN. A lightweight, a dumb guy. He's hired for the sole purpose of trying to take down Fox and Sean Hannity... Every weekend, Fox and Sean Hannity. Fox and Sean Hannity. Like the guys in Heat or something. These aren't serious people, but they're in powerful positions. Everybody isn't engaged in what's going on. So they hear day in and day out, day in and day out, big lies and little lies. And the most disgusting, outrageous things said about the President of the United States. He responds to it. He's defending himself like any good red-blooded American male would. That's right. They liked it when Republicans rolled over, like Paul Ryan rolls over, Mitch McConnell rolls over, the Republican establishment rolls over, many past presidents roll over. This guy won't roll over. That's one of the reasons we like him. It's one of the reasons they hate him. And they insist that he roll over. They insist that he balance a ball on his nose. They insist that he juggles when they tell him to juggle. And they have not held back in any respect, even their late-night court jesters, the dumbest, most boring comedians ever. They've destroyed late-night comedy. What other men built, what other women built? Johnny Carson, Steve Allen, Parr, Joan Rivers, whatever, they've built comedy and they've destroyed it because they destroy everything. Instead, you get these pukes like Kimmel and Colbert. What's the other idiot's name? I can't remember all their names. Doesn't matter. Unbelievable. All right, I just got started. I'll be right back. Mark lovin'. The media in this country... The media in this country is corrupt through and through. It is ideological through and through. The president is right to call it the fake news Now, the media As a rule, not the enemy of the people But there are reporters who are When they distort news When they use certain guests In order to promote an agenda When they omit Certain important pieces of information When they continue This drumbeat This drumbeat Which encourages guests who call the president A Nazi Who lie about immigration, that we're running Nazi concentration camps and Japanese internment camps. Who's ever heard of rhetoric like this in news programs? Who's ever heard of talk like this? Have these people ever been to Auschwitz? Have they ever watched a movie about the Holocaust? Do they know what took place? Are they familiar with Japanese internment camps? Do they know who's responsible for it? Do they know what took place? No. They're historically illiterate or they're ideologically driven. Either one. That's not media providing information to the American people. These are propagandists who push an agenda. They hate this man, Trump. They loved Obama, and the reporting showed it. Because it's not reporting, it's propaganda. I'll give you an example. Stormy Daniels is a non-story. Stormy Daniels is a non-story. It was a non-disclosure agreement apparently signed. So why is there a story? Because she's violated her non-disclosure agreement. They're trying to embarrass the president. So what? Week after week after week after week, a porn star, the media, mainstream's a porn star, and her crackpot slip-and-fall lawyer. He was on ABC Sunday with George Stephanopoulos. Why? Why? Is he particularly smart? Has he done anything special? Is he profound? Is there something we need to know? No! Because they won him on national TV. You have a 28-year-old moron, a Democratic Socialist, who won the primary in New York City with sixteen or 17,000 votes. And now the whole world's supposed to change. She's an idiot. The more she talks, the more it's clear she's an idiot. Bernie Sanders comes in second. Loses to Hillary Clinton. He doesn't want a damn thing. He's a loser. Every day, Bernie Sanders is out. Why? Why? Because they're socialists, soft Marxists. That's why. And the ideologues, the status progressives ideologues in the media, want to keep pushing these losers. They're lightweights. They're nobodies. Nobodies. But they want to drive the agenda. And what is the agenda? To abolish ICE? ICE? Federal law enforcement that's trying to find and arrest people who've committed crimes in this country and are here, foreigners who are here illegally, trying to prevent kidnap and rape and the enslavement of people? We should abolish them and what? Strengthen the IRS? A universal basic income? What the hell is this? It's not what America's all about. A universal basic income? The latest on the list. Free college? Why? So we can spend more money on tenured professors and expand university campuses even more so they can build more dorms and tennis courts and and, uh, inside swimming pools? Like we don't spend enough money? on these bloated universities and colleges and their tenured professors? And the list goes on and on and on. This is the agenda they push. They don't talk about the national debt. When's the last time CNN did a one-hour program on the national debt? When's the last time MSNBC did a story about Social Security going bankrupt for an hour? Or Medicare? What? We got to find a porn star to talk about it and dance across the stage? Then it'll get there. Don't hand me this freedom of the press crap. We're the ones who defend the Bill of Rights, not them. We're the ones who defend the Constitution, not them. They don't believe in freedom of the press. They believe in propaganda of the press. Nobody's threatening CNN or MSNBC. Nobody's trying to extinguish those corporations or NBC or ABC. Who? But how many runs have they made at talk radio? How many times do they attack Fox News? Two small areas of the media. They're the people with the totalitarian mindset. They're the ones with the tyrannical agenda, not us. As they push some 28-year-old a-hole. That's right, I said it. Pushing her stupid a-hole agenda. I'll be back.
2: The new American
3: Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at
1: 877-381-3811. Well, let's listen briefly to the very tough questioning over at Face the Nation Sunday uh, by Margaret Brennan of uh, Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who was brought up in the poor streets of Westchester, New York, and attended college. Yes. And let's see how the media talk to them. Hat tip, right scoop. Cut, 10, go.
4: It's great to see you both side by side. Uh, Ms. Ocasio-Cortez, you have said it was Senator Sanders who really inspired you to enter the political race uh, in the first place. What is it like for you to be out there campaigning alongside him? But Senator Sanders, uh, Ms. Ocasio-Cortez still has a November race to win. What advice are you giving her? Let's talk about some of the candidates you're out there right now trying to help win. Ms. Ocasio-Cortez, does that populist message bring out new voters? Last week on this program, we had uh, the man you defeated, the New York congressman, uh, Joe Crowley, and he congratulated you on your win. He said you very much deserved it. He also explained two factors he thought that were, were decisive here, one of them being the year of the woman, he called it, and also the timing of the primary. Are those factors, in your view? Well, right now there is a female leader within the Democratic Party, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, if you are lucky enough to win in November and come here to Washington, will you support her? So you are leaving open the possibility you may endorse her uh, if you win in November. Yeah. Senator Sanders... Vladimir Putin was invited to the White House this fall. Do you think it should be withdrawn? Picking up on that note, because there is some responsibility here in both parties to protect themselves, um, it, it was one of your campaign staffers who, who went to the Clinton campaign and Obama administration to say there were concerns or suspicions here of uh, Russians spreading anti-Clinton messages. How do you protect yourself uh, in the next race against something like that happening?
1: Believe this? Those are the tough questions, almost giddy, almost uh, fan-like, F-A-N, fan-like. Absolutely incredible. Now, in the face of this, we learn more about that FICE application. It was everything I said it was, everything I said it was. And it has been my position from day one, when I put this thing together way back in March 2017, that those applications or that application needed to be released so we could get to the bottom of this. And then I'm watching some former Obama mouthpiece on my favorite cable channel say, yeah, yeah, but Carter Page had already left the campaign. Carter Page had already left the campaign. It's about the dossier. Carter Page was an excuse by the FBI to surveil the Trump campaign. It's not about Carter Page, who's an innocent man, as I've said over and over again, walking the streets, who they've never charged. And yet he was surveilled for a year by his government. For a year, unknowingly. They're reading his texts, reading his emails, listening on his phone calls, and they got Nothing. Nothing. Here's what I said March 2017. I would encourage my colleagues at Fox to listen to this. I said 2017. Cut to go. Let me just say this. Where does it go from here? They ought to release both FISA court applications where they sought the warrant, The one in the summer and the one in October. So we know exactly what they were doing. That's number one. Number two, Congress needs to see the daily presidential intelligence briefings over the past year or so. Those are the beginnings of an, a serious investigation. Number three, for the Republicans in Congress, you control the majority. If the Democrats do not want to assist, and they won't, mm-hmm. because I am starting to think Chuck Schumer and the others are participating in all this cover-up activity, then plow ahead without them. But this is important to the country. We cannot have a sitting presidential administration unleashing six Federal agencies, intelligence and law enforcement, I don't mean the president personally sitting there and saying, you know what, Valerie, let's go get him. Obviously, the attorney general and the FBI were involved in this. This is how you get a FISA court application prepared and submitted.
4: Do you think think former President Obama was involved in this? And if so, how much was he involved?
1: I'm not Nostradamus here. I just think that we ought to find out. But I, but I will tell you this. He's more involved than he says. I mean, it's his executive branch. It's his Justice Department. All right, I've, that's enough. It's always been key to get to the FISA applications and key to get to the presidential daily briefing. Nobody keeps talking about it. I keep talking about that. What did Obama know? Well, what was he told? We need both of those. We, the people, we need both of those. They don't need to redact 99% of what's in the FISA application. That's unnecessary. But they did use opposition research paid for by the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC to get a FISA application. But that's not enough. In March, in March, I pointed my finger at these FISA judges. That they weren't doing their jobs. Cut three, go.
3: Is this based on your knowledge of history at least the biggest abuse of power and corruption yeah. in your lifetime? Because well, to yes. me, this is
1: Watergate. Are you kidding? This is Watergate Listen, times a thousand to me. When you and I spoke way back in March of last year, and we laid this out, we were called kooks, conspiracy theorists, almost everything we've said, and we didn't have a lot, we were pulling it together. And I was focused specifically on the FISA court because the were leaks about the FISA court. <laughs> But I want to underscore something tonight, Sean, and it is this. These federal judges sitting on this FISA court act like they have no, no role in this. Baloney. They were abused. The court was abused. The court was misled. People should be held to account. They read the newspapers now. They watch television now. We presented this judge with the evidence and, and filed it. Last thing. Congress needs to find out now. Why these judges, even today, aren't holding Remember these people though, accountable. Comey said to Trump and... All right, that's Jack- enough. Landmark Legal Foundation, I've since moved from president to chairman because I can't work on it on a daily basis. We have a wonderful president there now, Pete Hutchison. But Landmark Legal Foundation filed a motion with the FISA court judge who issued the original warrant. And in that motion, we informed the court... Of the various violations that had taken place. Of the dossier and so forth. And how she was misled and that she had an obligation to do something about this. To hold a hearing. To hold people in contempt. And she blew it off. She blew it off. Now what I go on to say. Is that the FISA court needs to be abolished. And replaced with something that's more akin to a regular court, but still secret. Because most of the time, that court handles serious international issues relating to national security and terrorism, and we don't want to reveal it to the enemy. But the judges have demonstrated that they're incapable of handling this properly. Because they allowed this to take place in the middle of an election, a general election, without any opposition to the government. It's the judge who's supposed to be skeptical, not a rubber stamp. And for the vast majority of these uh, FISA applications, these warrants are rubber stamped. They're almost all approved, including this one, and including three extensions. And by the way, those reports I cite talked about an application attempt the summer before. I believe it was July in 2016 that was more focused on Trump I've not heard another thing about that since. I don't know if Congress has looked at this. I don't know if the inspector generals looked at this. These were according to news reports. Now, was there an earlier attempt or not? And if so, where's that application? But I've been talking about the release of these applications now since March of 2017. That's 15 months ago. I've been talking about also reviewing these presidential daily briefings. 15 months ago we still haven't seen any of those because this goes to the heart of the matter this goes to the heart of the matter and the FISA court now is incapable of doing the job it was supposed to do when it was set up I believe in 1979 now the people demanding that ICE be removed because it's actually doing its job they're insane But the FISA court failed and failed miserably. Miserably. There were no grounds for probable cause and a counterintelligence-related warrant. None. It was concocted by the Hillary Clinton campaign, and they laundered their money through a Washington law firm and a Washington slip-and-fall lawyer who then hired Fusion GPS, and they in turn hired Christopher Steele. Christopher Steele, who was unreliable, who was a foreigner, who had served in foreign intelligence, and used information from the Kremlin, which we now know wasn't even verified, called disinformation, Put it into this dossier. The FBI was even thinking of hiring him. If, in fact, they did pay him a fee, we still don't know. And this was the central basis for spying. And not just spying on Carter Page. That dossier wasn't about Carter Page primarily. It was about Donald Trump. They got that dossier in front of that judge who approved a warrant with no probable cause based on largely information that was bought and paid for by the opposition party in the opposition campaign, using a straw man to get to a straw man, to use phony Kremlin information that was unverified. That's the spectacle. That's the story. That is the scandal right there. It always has been. But freedom of the press doesn't seem to have encouraged the press to follow the story. I can remember Jake Tapper saying this was all a distraction thrown out there by the Republicans, you know. Because the real issue is what Adam Smith keeps talking about as the ranking Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee. And whatever uh, Adam excuse me, Schiff is talking about, that's the real story, you see. They participated for months in trashing Devin Nunes. Republicans in the Senate trashing Devin Nunes, one of the gutsiest men I've ever met. Still, Brian Stelter, he hasn't admitted that he was a buffoon back then when I was bringing all this up. You have no first-hand knowledge that there was a FISA warrant. That's what he said, right, Mr. Producer? That's what he said. He wrote it. No, I didn't, because I'm not a reporter. I was relying on other reporters. Well, but you don't have any firsthand knowledge. Listen, I wasn't there when Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, but I know he was assassinated. I wasn't there when they built the Golden Gate Bridge, but there it is. You idiot. And he still has no interest. With this horrific scandal. Involving law enforcement, involving our intelligence agencies, involving the Obama administration, involving the VISA court and the FISA judges. This horrific scandal. He's focused on Sean Hannity and Fox. That just shows you what a pea brain he is. What a clown. Meanwhile, we still have no further information on unmasking. The great Trey Gowdy who was put in charge of this. Nothing. Nothing. From Trey Gowdy. A true backbencher who's been pushed to the front and shows up everywhere. He's the Lindsey Graham of the House of Representatives. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Even now, what did Trump say in his two-hour meeting with Putin? We still don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, this is unprecedented. Now don't, don't swallow that you-know-what. Barack Millhouse Benito Obama, and John F. Kerry, they worked with the Iranians for months and months and months. And we were never told the truth about the, the deal, the Iran deal. There's still secret... Parts of it that were revealed to us long after the deal was signed. Did the media go on and on and on that Barack Obama and John Kerry, they didn't reveal these secret deals to us. Hey, what about these secret deals, these secret deals? No, they defended the deal and all the secret deals, even though they didn't know what was in the secret deals. And then Trump comes along and says, that's enough. Like I said, get rid of it. Well, you can't do that, you can't do that, the sky will fall. Meanwhile, the sky doesn't fall. Bob, I don't know what Trump said to Putin in the two hours. Why? Because they don't trust Trump. Many of us do trust Trump. Now, why do I trust Trump when it comes to Russia? Why do I trust him? Because of the things he's done. The things he's done. In Washington, D.C., it's more about what you say than what you do. Because that's how those politicians act. Gutless, superficial, self-serving. What Trump has done with the Russians is nothing close to what Obama has done because he didn't do anything much. Oh, he had some sanctions. Yes, at the very end he puts in sanctions that are meaningless. Trump doubles down, triples down, quadruples down. Now, Mark, you've been critical of Trump. Of course I have. I've been critical of every president. But I've been much less critical of Trump than I thought I would be. And even more than that, I know why they're going after Trump. Because he stands in their way. He stands in their way to this centralized autocratic regime they seek to impose on us. Obamacare still sucks. People still can't afford their, uh, their premiums. They still have deductibles uh, deductible $6,000 to $12,000. Nobody even talks about it anymore. People are out there suffering. They can't get the doctor they want. They can't see the specialist they want. It's costing a fortune. It's as if it's over. Game over. Game isn't over. Who says so? It's still a disaster. All right. Well, you know, let's do a little bit more of this. How much time do I have, Mr. Producer? Got two minutes. Not enough time to do what I want to do here. Oh, well, I do need to do that. Uh, Hold on. Let me get that right here. Sunspots. Brown spots. Discoloration, even red inflamed patches, all gone with the brand new genocell from Sunspot Corrector. It's called Genocel Sunspot Corrector. Here's Elijah Brown from Rockford, Illinois. I have both age and acne spots, and this stuff is actually fading both of them. The serum is worth every penny. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the Genocel Sunspot Corrector is here, and it's yours free. Just for trying Genesel today, a must-have for your summer. Finally, see those stubborn sunspots vanish and those bags and puffiness gone. And for results in less than 12 hours, the genocide immediate effects is all yours for free. Light, clean, effective natural skin care that gives you amazing results and healthier, softer skin day after day. No one does it better than Chamonix. Now, I've watched the results for many, many years. Go to Genesel right now, genesel.com, or call them at 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. Judge, you be the judge. You'll see the magic of Chaminade, or you'll get 100% of your money back. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or go to genesel.com. That's genesel.com. I'll be right back. is a federal court set up by Congress. It's not what we call an Article Three court. It's a statutory court, not a constitutionally created court. Um, so Congress creates it. Just as really, quite frankly, Congress creates the district courts and the appellate courts, but this is considered different. And, uh, as you know, I've said it needs to be abolished and replaced, because obviously the judges are incapable of doing what they're supposed to do. Certainly we're in this massive case, and that's big enough. Um, And so we've talked about the FISA courts at some length. Now, I'm a fan of Brett Hume. I really am. I like him a lot. And he said something that I thought was very important on Sunday when I was watching uh, Fox. And uh, somebody said that what the court did was illegal. By issuing a warrant based on this, this is not probable cause. And remember, the probable cause is different than a criminal probable cause. This is a counterterrorism investigation. Or a counterintelligence investigation. And the probable cause standard is that uh, the individual or the organization... Uh, that's being targeted, is thought to be uh, operating for a uh, a foreign entity. Uh, or And um, this is how they tried to loop in Carter Page. And so, Britt Hume made the point, well, it can't be illegal because a judge authorized it. He said it could be improper. I got to thinking about this. That's an interesting point, and it is a sad point of where we are in this country today. So a president can issue an order that's considered illegal and unconstitutional, executive order, military order, or take some action, even in his official capacity that's considered obstruction and so forth. But a federal judge who issues a warrant that is improper. That can be viewed as illegal or unconstitutional because the judge did it. Now think about this. These are supposed to be three co-equal branches of the federal government, right? Article 1, Article 2, Article 3. Article 1, Congress. Article 2, the executive, the president. Article 3, the judiciary. So a federal judge, a federal district judge, sitting in a position created by Congress, acting as a judge on this relatively recent court, this secret FISA court, again, sitting in a position created by Congress, can't make a decision that's considered illegal but can be improper, But the President of the United States, his office is created by the Constitution, can. Think about that. That just shows you how haywire our system is now, how unmoored from our Constitution it is. Federal judges are immune. I'm not talking about graft, you know, bribes, stuff like that. But in their official capacity, they're immune from doing anything illegal. They're immune from doing anything unconstitutional Their opinions can be reversed or confirmed But we're talking about an act That's illegal or actually unconstitutional But a president can Where's that written? When did that happen? Well it didn't happen all at once It's happened over over the course of decades And two centuries But it is troubling, is it not? because I think Hume lurched into something maybe he hadn't actually thought about in a bigger context but he did help us trigger a, uh, a thought about it, didn't he? And something's wrong with that that a FISA judge cannot have acted illegally again, I'm not just saying, saying in a criminal context in a constitutional context but the president can at least that's the argument now I just want to make it abundantly clear what these judges did on the FISA court is outrageous. There needs to be either an ombudsman, better yet, something like, something akin to uh, an inspector general, somebody, some entity that's in that courtroom when the FBI and the prosecutors go in and it's just them and the judge. It needs to be secret, needs to be efficient, needs to be quick, depending on what the, uh, the concern is, you know, an attack on the United States and so forth. That's fine. But the system is broken. So the court needs to be abolished and replaced with something else. And there needs to be public discussion about this, which is why I brought it up so long ago. Moreover, The FBI needs to be reorganized. I'm not talking about the men and women of the FBI. I'm talking about the senior levels of the FBI. It must be reorganized. We cannot allow something like this to happen again. And same with the CIA at the top level. Now, when you have people who are not virtuous in these positions, there's probably nothing you can create institutionally you know, that'll protect us completely. But if we allow these election cycles to go on and this isn't addressed, we're not going to fix the institutional problems which led to these abuses. Now, I understand we're not going to get the cooperation of the media. Many of the sources for CNN and MSNBC and the New York Times and Washington Post and all the rest of them are the perpetrators. They're the perpetrators. And they're protecting the perpetrators. Now there's a big debate going on because the president, prodded by Rand Paul, is thinking about yanking security clearances for John Brennan and others who served in the Obama administration. Of course, the Democrats are already saying this is like a dictatorship. Why? President of the United States is in charge of the executive branch and who does or does not get these clearances in the end you have a former CIA director chosen by Obama who voted for a communist who is all over TV, all over the country trashing the commander in chief and also making a fortune trashing the commander in chief, why should he have a security clearance and let me even take this further. You know, I spent time on Brennan with you the other day, last week. How do we know he's not a Russian mouthpiece? I'm not saying he is. But given his connections to the old, old Russia, given his voting, that is, for Gus Hall, who was connected to the Soviet Union, why isn't there a suspicion about him? Even more, Adam Schiff. I said this a long time ago. Adam Schiff is giving aid and comfort to the Russians. He's using these investigations to attack Trump, not the Russians. Perfect misinformation. How do we know he's not a mouthpiece for the Russians? I mean, if they can throw this stuff around, why can't we throw this stuff around? And yet, I think we have more credibility than they do. We'll be right back. Mark Lubin. love Alexander Hamilton. Why do they love Alexander Hamilton? Because they don't understand Alexander Hamilton, the first instance. But they love Alexander Hamilton because he and Jefferson were political opponents. As a matter of fact, they couldn't stand each other. And Hamilton was of the party, the Federalist party of, uh, of Adams. And Jefferson was taking on Adams, who was the president. Jefferson was the vice president. And Jefferson decided to run with Aaron Burr. And Aaron Burr stabs Jefferson in the back. All this intrigue that took place. He decided, as the votes came in, that he would challenge Jefferson for president. The votes came into the House of Representatives. Adams was way behind. He wasn't going to win. And they had these constant votes in the House of Representatives between Burr and Jefferson. And even though Hamilton didn't like Jefferson, he hated Burr, and Burr hated him. And a couple years later, of course, they would have this duel, and Burr would kill Hamilton. But Hamilton urged his supporters in the Federalist Party to go ahead, ultimately, and vote for Jefferson. Jefferson. But the left likes Jefferson because they think he was a big government, central government type. Now, he was more of a central government type than Jefferson. There's no question about that. And he believed in a national treasury, and he believed in the national bank, and he believed in a national currency and those things, which he's credited for helping build the American economy. It doesn't mean you favor a central government for all purposes. He was somewhat skeptical of the constitutional system that had been developed, but he was supportive of it. He argued for it. Remember I told you a story that he had printed 500 copies of the Federalist Papers. Now, the Federalist Papers were essays written under pseudonyms, as you know, those who supported it, John Jay, Madison, and Hamilton. But he put them together in a collection and had a bound copy made, 500 of them, 50 of which went to Virginia, which was leaning against ratification. The rest are used in New York, which was leaning against ratification. And Massachusetts was leaning against ratification. And so he wanted to use this as a way to persuade people to support the Constitution. But the progressives always need somebody to history to pervert, either to attack them or to create a straw man or something. So they like Hamilton. They hate Jefferson. And I just wanted to remind the left, including those who purport to be reporters, of Federalist Number 84. Among other things, Hamilton opposed a Bill of Rights. Not because he opposed right. rights. He said it was unnecessary. The Constitution doesn't say anything about free speech and doesn't say anything about religious liberty and all these other things. So it doesn't have the power to get involved in any of those things. But there was a contrary argument that, no, we needed a Bill of Rights to lay out specific areas where the federal government could not stomp on the individual or the states. And the retort to that was, well, if we lay out 10 areas or 12 areas or originally 17 areas— Maybe there's an 18th or a 19th we haven't thought of. But in any event, the ratification in the states was unlikely until the proponents of the Constitution agreed that there needed to be amendments, which they called the Bill of Rights. They weren't sure sure how many. They had an idea what kind. And ultimately, uh, New York, Massachusetts, and Virginia supported it. That it wasn't without a bottle. Some of these votes were close, including in Virginia. You had in Virginia, Patrick Henry opposed it. James Monroe, who had actually become president, he opposed it. George Mason himself, who was at the Constitutional Convention, he opposed it for a number of reasons, including he opposed slavery, even though he owned some slaves. And he wanted a Bill of Rights. And he and George Washington had been good friends. They didn't live that far from each other, but uh, Washington was furious with them, and their friendship was never the same again. Keep in mind, George Mason also wrote the Virginia Declaration of Rights, which preceded the Declaration of Independence by about five weeks. And Jefferson borrowed from him as well as Locke, and he borrowed from Locke too. But anyway, notice they don't celebrate Madison on the left. They don't celebrate Jefferson. They don't celebrate Mason. It's Hamilton, because they think Hamilton is their guy. Well, I want to read something to them, <clears throat> writing as Publius, uh, near the end of that particular Federalist essay. When it comes to the press, freedom of the press—do we need an amendment, and so forth and so on? Here's what uh, Here's what Hamilton wrote on the subject of the liberty of the press. As much as has been said, I cannot forbear adding a remark or two. In the first place, he writes, I observe there's not a syllable concerning it in the Constitution of this state, meaning New York. In the next, I contend that whatever has been said about it in that or any other state amounts to nothing. What signifies a declaration that, quote, the liberty of the press shall be inviolably preserved, unquote? What is the liberty of the press? Who can give it any definition? which would not leave the utmost latitude for evasion. I hold it to be impracticable, and from this I infer that its security, whatever uh, whatever fine declarations may be inserted in any constitution respecting it, must altogether depend on public opinion and on the general spirit of the people and of the government. And hereafter all, as is intimated upon another occasion, must we seek for the only solid basis of our rights. Now in this... All the founders agreed to one extent or another. Jefferson felt quite strongly when he ran for president that the Alien and Sedition Act sedition being these uh, an attack on free speech and freedom of the press passed by the Federalists under Adams, and supported by Hamilton quietly Jefferson wanted to do away with it, and he campaigned on that, among other things, and he did away with it when he and his party won. But there's language in here that the media just do not get because they do not understand history. They don't care. Hamilton says that freedom of the press depends on the opinion of the public. What he means by that and what Jefferson means by that and the rest of them is these institutions that they put in place or would put in place are only as good as the people support them in the end. Look what the media are doing to themselves. Look what the media are doing to themselves. They are undermining... The public's support for their institution because they are, as a group, with exceptions, unprofessional, ideological, and deceitful. And not because I say so, you see it and you hear it too. And not because we're conservatives, but because this day in, day out campaign against this president, against this family. ...against those who voted for him, against his policies, day in, day out, day in, day out, have exposed the media for being a propagandist operation. Now they're free to do it, but they're undermining their whatever credibility they have, and they're certainly demonstrating themselves to be utterly unprofessional.
0: Constitutional Convention, the Mark Levin Show. Call in now eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one.
1: You know, I saw this article last week about how the air pollution in national parks is as bad as the top twenty major cities in the United States. I'm sure the left's going to blame this on Trump's press conference. You know. The reason apparently is because these parks are downwind of air pollution sources like agriculture, industry, major highways, urban areas, so forth. So basically, there's nowhere to run except inside. We now know that indoor air quality is often worse than the outside. This is why I go to filterby.com, filterby.com, and keep a fresh set of filters in my home's central air system and at the office. Filterbuy is America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses with over 600 sizes that ship for free and within 24 hours plus they're manufactured right here in America. I recommend you set up auto delivery so you don't forget to regularly switch your uh, your uh, filters. That's what we do in the Levin household. Plus they knock off uh, 5% on your order if you sign up. You save time, you save money. You breathe better. You don't have to remember it. It just shows up with com. That's dot filter, com, and tell them that Mark sent you. Let's have a little fun. Let me talk to a liberal the way liberals talk to us. Let us go to Michael, San Francisco, the great KSFO. Go. Hello, Mark. Thank you for having me on.
5: Um, of course. I had a lot of thoughts about the stuff that you've been saying the last few minutes because I'm one of your loyal liberal uh, listeners. The question I wanted to answer is yes. why we get to uh, the uh, conducting these investigations into Trump officials and we're not investigating John Brennan or Adam Schiff because there's a very, very elaborate, detailed, and damning trail of evidence that the Trump officials are traitors and that they conspired really? with the Russians. It's very clear, and yes. there's nothing on these other guys. That's the answer to your question.
1: Well, I think you make a good point. The evidence is damning, and I assume the president will be charged. With what, exactly?
5: Um, well, the president is different than all of his people. I don't know.
1: Okay, them. let's pick another person. Who would you like to pick?
5: Uh, it is very clear from the latest indictment uh, that the Russians uh, hacked the DNC. Uh, they lay out. But they in, also in hacked America.
1: the RNC. Uh,
5: but they didn't release any. Uh, appar- any apparently,
1: the DNC is not smart enough to put proper passwords on their system. Well, did the, a, did the Russians hack Hillary Clinton's server? We know, Mark, that they hacked. Mike, all this is a discussion. Did the, my, did the Russians hack Hillary Clinton's server?
5: Uh, I don't think we know that. I think they, we, they tried.
1: Of Where is they, her server?
5: Can I please just say this one? No,
1: no, thing. No, 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 no. You can't. Where's her server?
5: Sir, about this latest indictment.
1: Uh, you, uh, know. you know what? If I were you, I wouldn't want to answer that either. Go ahead with the latest indictment. Excuse me.
5: Go ahead. Oh, thank you. Uh, They made a carbon copy of the Democratic National Committee's uh, analytics in the months leading up to the election.
1: The Russians did.
5: The Russians did.
1: I thought I thought you were saying talking about Trump. If you're telling us the Russians are the enemy, it's very it's very positive development that you liberals have finally figured out that the Russians are the enemy. By the way, the Chinese are, too. Are you aware of that?
5: Let me just say this, please.
1: Do you now support the Strategic Defense Initiative, or is that Star Wars? Excuse me? What? Against FBI? the Russians. You know, the Russians, the enemy. Yes. Try and follow me. It's not hard. I'm saying you now think the Russians are the enemy, correct? Uh, Let me try it this way. Are the Russians our enemy? Yes or no? Mark, there's one point that I one want to make. One more time. Are the Russians our enemy? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Do you now support the funding the Strategic Defense Initiative?
4: <laughs>
5: well, you're about my age, so I know you know how long ago that was. Uh, our military. Uh, we is- still
1: have it, you know. We're still trying to fund it. Do you support? Stop evading me all the time. Why? I'm why not did- evading you? You're yes or no? EVA. This is. Let, let's pretend this is an SAT test. SAT test. Did you do pretty well in the SAT?
5: Defense Initiative.
1: Did it's you it's- pay attention? Did you do pretty well in the SAT? Uh,
5: that's just fine with me. You-
1: oh, it's fine with you now. 30 years later. I just want to make sure that we know where you stand now. Okay, go ahead. What's your question to me?
5: My point to you is that the the indictments lay out how they took all these private analytics uh, about the, the Democratic user base from the DNC, and a week or so after they did that hack, Brad Pascal, who ran Trump's digital campaign, was proudly giving interviews talking about how they had massively shifted their spending. They'd moved it all into See what Michigan. a
1: conspiracy nut you are? That's not in the indictment. The indictment's 29 pages long. What page is that on the
5: indictment? Uh, the Brad Pascal interview was on television.
1: Oh, on television. I thought you were talking about the indictment.
5: Not how prosecutors work, Mark. I think you uh, probably know that. I'm
1: not a prosecutor. I'm trying to be logical, and you're not. You're a conspiracy theorist.
5: No, I'm not a conspiracy now
1: theorist. Now we have Brad Pascal. Has he been charged with anything?
5: trader. And they Pay attention,
1: for- I'm talking to you, and you're starting to annoy me. I said, has Brad Pascal been charged with anything?
5: Who? Trump? No, not yet.
1: I said, Brad, pa- get off the phone, you idiot. You talk like a moron. I'm trying to pin the guy down. Every He's bouncing around like a ping-pong ball. See what I mean? Completely vapid. Pointless. All that carbon footprint he put out the carbon dioxide just how do you you get through to somebody like I tried right Mr. Producer I knew he was an idiot but I didn't cut him off I'm trying to what about this what about this this? and Brian Pascal he's not in the indictment wow so Trump is a traitor you see sick absolutely sick that's their voter base that's the voter base. That's the Bernie Sanders voter base. I'm a liberal. You're not a liberal. First of all, you're a moron. And secondly, you're a, you're a soft Marxist. Maybe a hard Marxist. I don't know. But Trump's a traitor? Now, that would be Ted Kennedy. He was a traitor. you liberal. You know what? Let's leave a line open there, Mr. Call Screener. Leave one line open. We, used, we, we usually do this, our liberal line. And I have a special number for your liberals out there, 877-381-3811. You're not keeping a line open. I said keep a line open for a liberal, 877-381-3811. That's our special liberal line or Democratic Socialist line. Fred, Poughkeepsie, New York, the great WKIP, W-K-I-P, go. Hey, Mark. I'm trying
6: to get over the laughter from the last call. But anyway, yes. you had made a comment of... He's, He's from uh, San Francisco,
1: court. where they keep voting people in who allow people to defecate on the sidewalks. That's a yeah, beautiful city old. gone to hell because you know you got these uh, uh, these Hugo Chavez types who run these cities and they destroy them.
6: It, it, I guess if that's what they like. Uh, anyway, uh, I was calling in because you made a comment about the um, security clearances for Comey and Brennan and stuff like that, and I spent 14 years in the intelligence community. The first Army, tactically, first seven years, and the DIA, the second seven years. Yeah. And I considered it a privilege in order to be granted a security clearance due to do the work that I was doing during Desert Storm and the like through the 90s. Mm-hmm. And when I was discharged from the Army, I was, now granted, I was only a low-level analyst, I was just an NCO, but... The day I was discharged was the same day that my clearance was discharged. So Mm -hmm. I have a real issue with people in the higher Well, let me take you one
1: step further. I was chief of staff to an attorney general, and I was read into everything. And when I left, I was read into nothing. And I wasn't able to get access, and I wouldn't have even asked to get access to anything. And you're right. I didn't even know your security clearance goes out the door with you. I wasn't aware of that. Were you?
6: No, as far as I knew, well, as far as they told me, my access to any DIA data came to an end. It was over. Why do we have another echelon of a class, of an upper class of citizenry? Because they've, they're not even in government anymore. It's not even an issue
1: that they you're, you're right. And not only that, they're going on TV and opening their big mouths. And yeah. who knows what it's based on?
6: I signed a lot of pieces of paper that said I wouldn't do that for many, many years. Mm-hmm. So why do these people get away with this? I don't know, but it's got to stop.
1: I agree with you. As like you, I didn't even know it was going on. So uh thanks for your service, Fred. I know you can't discuss it, but I'm sure you did a great job. Thank you. Robert, Stanford, Connecticut XM Satellite. Go.
7: Hey Mark, how you doing? Okay. So I just wanted to follow up with uh your talk about the media um, earlier in your segment. Uh, first of all, thank you, thank you for the service of that gentleman that was, uh, I'm sure you still listening. Thank you for your service, sir. But I wanted to follow up on what you were saying about the media. You know, I just think it's very dangerous.
1: To Talk right dangerous. into the mouthpiece.
7: Okay. Yep. Can you hear me?
1: Yeah, but we were losing it. Go ahead.
7: Sorry. I just think it's very dangerous to just continue to, um, you know, say that the media is really just like you know against the people and really not i didn't for say the
1: media is against the people i said the media is not serving the
7: people right
1: and why is that dangerous
7: constantly says that so i'm just you know and and,
1: and, and why is that dangerous
7: i'm not a liberal i'm not a
1: sir sir i asked you a question why is that dangerous
7: well, it's dangerous because you heavily rely on the media for, for a source of information. You know, I rely on Fox News for that information. Who is, has, no, no, no.
1: You rely on them for information, and then you digest it mentally, and you can check it. You can get, we now have technological uh, ways to check it, to listen to other sources and so forth. So I don't rely on the media for my news. I get information, and I check it and double-check it and triple-check it. There are individuals out there. But it's, not, but it's not news when people are going on TV and comparing the president to Hitler or every time he opens his mouth, mocking him and so forth. Do you get a lot of news, do you, from uh, from the Scarborough show, The Morning Schmo? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not from Scarborough. Uh-huh. Do you get a lot of news from Chris Matthews? No. Do you get a lot of news from Rachel Maddow? No, I'm not. Do you get a lot of news from Don Lemon? Do you get a lot of news from Brian Stelter? Do you get a lot of news from Jake Tapper? I'm just curious.
7: Yeah, no, my, my news comes basically from Fox News. you got to
1: talk into the mouthpiece.
7: Okay. Chris Cuomo is, is a good source of information that I like to get my info from. I also well, Fox that's news.
1: unfortunate because you, don't, you you get information from him, but you're not going to get straight news from him.
7: Okay, why is that?
1: Because he's a hack. Okay. What do you mean, why is that? Do I got to go back and play all of his audio? I've been watching him for, not, not uh, all the time, but watching him for years. Right. So is mo- most of the people in the audience, we know what he is.
7: Understood. Now, what about the what about the anchors on Fox News? Are they re- the most reliable?
1: Well, if they're news anchors, they're pretty good, but they'll tell you they're not. Sean Hannity doesn't say he's a news guy. Um, Tucker Carlson won't say he's a news guy. Larry Ingram won't say he's a news guy. There's their big three. Right. I tell you, I'm not a news guy. I'm the number three host in America, radio host. But we discuss news. Right. Okay, so so I disagree with you. If you look at our history and you understand the history of the press, um, there uh, people can be critical of the press. It's not a one-way street where the press can be critical of people and people can't be critical of the press. We're not critical of freedom of the press. We're critical of certain press outlets, certain individuals in the press. That's always been the case. Always been the case. What's unusual now is... Uh, at least early on in our country, the press would honestly and transparently identify with one party or another, one viewpoint or another. We don't get a lot of that today. Mm-hmm. Like MSNBC clearly is with the Democrats. Now, you can say that about Fox. There's no question Fox leans more Republican than not. But Fox has awful lot of people on there who've worked in the Obama administration and the Clinton administration. How do I know? Because they annoy me. That's how I know. <laughs>
7: But the one thing I don't see Fox. Tell me, news tell me, how
1: many people who've worked in? Well, go ahead. Uh, the answer would be zero. Anyway, go ahead.
7: Yeah, the only thing I just don't notice is like when I do watch Fox, and I do appreciate some of their their um, their opinion uh, opinion shows and their their news shows. But the one thing I don't notice that Fox does compares to other news channels like CNN is they only have like minded opinions or like minded individuals that present them shows. That present themselves. for You're saying who does that? Himself. Who does that? Uh, like Fox and Friends. I watch Fox and Friends every morning. You ever watch Shep I Smith? I Shep Smith?
1: Yeah, yes. you ever watch him?
7: Yes, I do. I watch him a lot.
1: Why do you watch him?
7: I watch him because he seems like the only independent-minded. Hey, he's a liberal. Um,
1: so you consider that independent-minded. You're not a conservative. You're a liberal.
7: I mean, I don't think that he's a liberal. I just You're
1: not a liberal. You're not a conservative. You're a liberal.
7: I'm not a liberal, no. I'm really? not a liberal. I am not a conservative, okay. but what I do appreciate i do I think there are a bunch of conservatives out in this country that are very vocal against this president. they're, they're not
1: so what does that have to do with anything? what are you? never Trumper is that what I got? Okay, thanks for your call. This guy held me on for four minutes. Congratulations. Now you can go tell your family how smart you are i 'll be right back. love him. Additional evidence, as if you need any, case number 4 billion and 12 of the Washington Compost and how deceitful and dishonest it is. How deceitful and dishonest. You know, I would remind the Never Trumper caller talking about the media. And we've talked about this many, many times. The New York Times. The New York Times has confessed that during the Holocaust... Uh, It pushed the story of the Holocaust to the back pages and was very infrequent in reporting about it. Now, does it get any worse than that? Does it get any worse than that? Yet it's still called the paper of record. Yet all the so-called big news people in Washington, D.C., and New York, and L.A. still rely on the New York Times. Why? It's discredited. All little eager beavers coming out of journalism school want to work for the New York Times. Why? It's discredited. The Holocaust denying New York Times. Pretty incredible. One of the biggest stories in world history and the New York Times uh, was busy covering up most of it. According to them, decades later. You know, it's the middle of the night and you're tossing and turning and you're covered in sweat. You could run the air conditioner or a fan to try and keep you cool. Or you can get rid of your heat trapping mattress and sleep as cool as the other side of the pillow like I do on a Casper mattress all Casper mattresses use premium foams that relieve pressure and help align your body so you fall asleep feeling comfortable and wake up feeling refreshed and thanks to the breathable material you're guaranteed to sleep cool all summer long and that's what I do Casper ships for free in a box so small you won't believe it holds a mattress That's so you can try it risk-free for 100 nights. Now, if you don't love yours, they'll come pick it up and refund you everything. Sleep cool and comfortably every night. Get a Casper. Try yours for 100 nights with free shipping and free returns. Like I say, take your old mattress, lean it against the wall, and get your Casper and give it a shot. And I think you'll love it like we do. Go to Casper.com. Use code MARK for $50 towards the purchase of select mattresses. That's Casper.com. Code Mark, Casper.com. Code Mark. Terms and conditions apply. So uh, this is this will be a uh, an unrelenting attack. It just happens all the time uh, from the media. They cannot stand the March 2017 radio show and TV shows I did, uh, in which I uh, I first pointed out the surveillance that was taking place of Trump world. And I didn't make it up. I just pointed to a number of leaks, apparently, coming out of the FBI. I I think I now know who among them was leaking over there at the FBI about these FISA warrants and other things. And so when I pulled together the disparate media reports and said, whoa, look at this, of course, I came under attack. So what happens is this is regurgitated this morning by somebody named James Haman, H-O-H-M-A-N-N. The Daily 202 is this piece. Carter Page FISA warrants underscore the difficulty of disproving presidential falsehoods. The fact is, it's James Hunman, who is a discredited fraud, character assassin, who's unencumbered with facts, and that means he's a liar. And I'll get back to him when we return. was not a Russian agent. The charges against Paul Manafort have nothing to do with Trump or the Trump campaign. Lieutenant General Mike Flynn was set up by the FBI a second time. Wow, what a case these guys are building. What a case. The Manafort issues are many, many years old. There's not a single U.S. attorney in the country who brought any charges against him. And I don't know how Mr. Mueller missed all this when he was the director of the FBI for 10, 12 years. Actually, I think it was 12 years, it turned out. And so much of this lawlessness occurred. I want to turn to the Washington Post, or as I correctly call it, the Washington Compost. My buddy, buddy, uh, Oliver North, used to call it that. Somebody named James Homan, H-O-H-M-A-N-N. The title of his piece is Former Trump campaign advisor Carter Page Denied Allegations of Being a Russian Agent While Admitting He Informally Advised Kremlin Officials in the Past. So? The big idea, he writes, the truth gets lost in the tweets. If you repeat a falsehood enough times, many people will believe it. Wow, that's very good. Now he's quoting uh, inaccurately, but nonetheless, Goebbels. Very good, Mr. Holman. Special if you have 53.2 million Twitter followers, the bully pulpit of the presidency, and some media outlets that uncritically repeat your false claims. It's been 503 days since President Trump falsely claimed that he had just found out Barack Obama ordered his wires tapped in Trump Tower before the 2016 election. This is McCarthyism, Trump tweeted. This is Nixon-Watergate. Now, this has been addressed, what, 4,000 times? But let's go on. The astonishing accusation caught White House aides off guard who scrambled on a Saturday to figure out what he was talking about. They discovered that right-wing pundit, Mark Levin. Now, you have Bernie Sanders out there. They don't ever call him left-wing. You've got this 28-year-old out there. They don't ever call him, her rather, left-wing. None of the Democrats, none of the, not left but Mark is right-wing. Now, I'm a constitutionalist, right? I'm a conservative. They dare not say that. It's that right-wing pundit. What is right-wing You support the Constitution? But let's go on. This is just the smear tactics of the Washington Compost and this fool James Homan. They discovered that right-wing pundit Mark Levin had made the claim without evidence on his radio show. I never made the claim that Obama ordered Trump's wires tapped. I've only said this repeatedly. I've written comments about this. I speak on the radio about it, on TV about it. I never used that language. But they can't help it. And so the big lie, Mr. Holman, is from you, the big liar. Breitbart then, at the zenith of its influence, highlighted Levin's comments. Someone placed a printout of their article in Trump's reading pile. And presto, a conspiracy theory from the fever swamps, now we're the fever swamps, was injected into the national conversation. I stand by every damn thing I said. And you know why, you clown? Because I got it from your colleagues. Your colleagues. It wasn't a conspiracy theory. Eight separate news articles, quote unquote, including from the New York Times. Eight of them. Eight exhibits. Now, which cut is this, Mr. Producer? As I recall, I'm trying to find it. It's the, uh, it's cut uh, f- one. Okay, are you there? Steve, the are you there? Is overwhelming. Hold this on, is hold, not- it, hold on, I didn't call for it yet. I want to make sure you're alive and well because I didn't hear you. Now I want to respond by playing what I said. Cut one, go. The evidence is overwhelming. This is not about President Trump's tweeting. This is about the Obama administration's spying. And the question isn't whether it's spied. We know they went to the FISA court twice. The question... All right, stop. Now we know they went to the FISA court twice. How did I know that? Did Mr. Comey leak it to me through his professor friend? No. Did the former deputy director of the FBI leak it to me through one of his folks? No. About Stroker? Pay- no. Well, how did I know? The media reported it. That's how I knew. Go ahead. Go ahead. Extent of the spying. That is... The Trump campaign, the Trump transition, Trump surrogates. And I want to walk you through this, the American people. And by the way, since then we've learned there was an FBI informant. Four different FICE applications, an original one with three extensions. And this left-wing conspiracy clown, dressed up as a journalist, contributor to the Washington Post, still doesn't get it. Go ahead. One, exhibit one. This is all public. Head Street, two separate sources. Stop. Head Street, a news website. Go. The links to the counterintelligence community have confirmed that the FBI sought and was granted a Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act court. This is spying. Uh, in October, giving counterintelligence permission to examine the activity of, quote, U.S. persons in Donald Trump's campaign with ties to Russia. Wow, pretty accurate. They had pretty decent information, just a little off, but pretty accurate. And I read it. Go ahead. Go on. This isn't me. They say the first FISA request, sources say named Trump, was denied back in June, denied by the court. Mm -hmm. But the second was drawn more narrowly and was granted in October after evidence was presented of a server possibly related to the Trump campaign and its alleged links to two banks. Now... Sources suggest that a FISA warrant was granted to look at the full content of emails and other related documents that may concern U.S. persons. Now, Now, let's stop there. The vast majority of the information in the FISA application that's been released has been redacted. That is blacked out. So I'm reading from this news article from this news site that got information probably leaked from these top officials at the FBI. Is that a right-wing conspiracy? Go ahead. I hung up with Trump's word wiretapping. Well, how'd they get access to this server information? Does it really matter if it was wiretapping, electronic surveillance, or whatever it was? Exhibit two. See, miss, government- this, this reporter so never even listened to what I said. Never went back and even listened to what I said. Go ahead. Guardian, a well-known right-wing British paper. Here it is. Uh- All right, so stop. I'm reading now from The Guardian. The Guardian. Go ahead. It was learned the FBI applied for a warrant from the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court over the summer in order to monitor four members of the Trump team suspected of... Now let's stop. That's two media sources that say there was another request in the summer before the October one. We still don't have any information about that other than what these reports say. But these are news reports. Mr. Holman or whatever the hell your name is. Go ahead. Other contacts with Russian officials... Keep in mind, this is during a presidential election. The sitting president, the incumbent party, is now investigating the presidential candidate of the Republican Party and his campaign. To and some- that is exactly what took place, and it's exactly what's still taking place. And the media are schizophrenic. On the one hand, they pretend it's not taking place, on the other hand, they're reporting it is taking place. Go ahead. Yeah. The FISA court turned down the application, asking FBI counterintelligence investigators to narrow its focus. According to one report, the FBI was finally granted a warrant in October. Exhibit three, McClatchy, another Stop. one. McClatchy, a news organization. Go ahead. Right wing newspaper. Here they have the agency's headline, FBI, five other agencies. Five other Obama administration agencies pro-possible covert Kremlin aid to Trump. The FBI and five other law enforcement intelligence agencies have collaborated for months in an investigation into Russian attempts to influence the November election, including whether money from Kremlin uh, covertly aided president. So let's stop. So people at the FBI and the intelligence agencies at the top levels, no doubt, are leaking this information to the media. And we know they're leakers. They've been caught. As leakers, But this information is being leaked to the media. They are sources for the media. they not my sources. I didn't write these stories. It's just I put them together, one after another after. That's not right-wing. That's not a conspiracy. These are news stories. Go ahead. Like Donald Trump, two people familiar with the matter said, the agencies involved in the inquiry are the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, the Justice Department the Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, and representatives of the Director of the National Intelligence. Are you so telling- was McClatchy lying? Was The Guardian lying? Was Head Street lying? Are they right-wing? Are they not saying that the Trump campaign or individuals associated with the Trump campaign have been surveilled? That a number of Obama administration intelligence and FBI agencies are are working on it? The, do they not say that? Go ahead. Barack Obama didn't know what was going as on in six go, agencies. As you hold go on, on, hold on, how are hold you, on. Okay, keep going. I'm not done. I need to make the case because the media seems to be confused about their own reporting. New York Times, another well-known liberal outlet, intercepted Russian communications party. Hold on. The New York Times. Not me. The New York Times, Mr. Holman, go ahead. ...into Trump Associates, January 19. The FBI is leading the investigations aided by the NSA, the CIA, Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Unit. The investigators have accelerated their efforts in recent weeks, but have found no exclusive ev- conclusive evidence or wrongdoing. Listen to this. One official said intelligence reports based on some of the wiretap communications have been provided to the White House. All right. Wow. I didn't make that up. That's a report in the New York Times. We all believe in the New York Times, don't we? Given their incredible record, historical record, reporting the truth. So who are they investigating? They're investigating the Trump campaign. They use the word wiretaps. I didn't make it up. They use the word wiretaps. Go ahead. This is the New York Times, Another my exhibit for
5: Another right-wing out Let's yeah.
1: continue. <laughs> New York Times again. Wait a minute. The New York Times. Wow. Go ahead. NSA gets more latitude to share intercepted communications. In the final days of the Obama administration, uh, the administration has expanded the power of the NSA. Now, why is that important? Because it makes it easier to leak the information and harder to find the culprits, the perpetrators. Right, Mr. Homan, being a... A, uh, an outstanding reporter, an analyst as you are. Go ahead. Share globally intercepted personal communications with the government's 16 other intelligence agencies before applying privacy protections. Now, why would they do this on the way out? The and door? why isn't Mr. Holman concerned about that? Not in the least. Not in the least. Why? Because he's a leftist. That's why. Go ahead. March 1, Exhibit 6, Obama administration rushed to preserve intelligence of Russian election hacking. Now, why did they do that? Why didn't they do something about it, that is, confront the Russians? Go ahead. In the Obama administration's last days, listen to this, some White House officials scrambled to spread information about Russian efforts to undermine the presidential election. And about possible contacts between associates of President elect Trump and Russians. Well, now see, they're investigating uh, 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 Trump. They're rushing to get the information. They're spreading it around more broadly than before. I didn't make this up. I didn't make this. this, These are news reports. Go ahead. Trust the government. I'm not done. (laughs) Exhibit 7, New York Times. Flynn is said to have talked to Russians about sanctions. Trump took office. Well, where'd they get this information? Well, Mark, you know, the FISA court, they're always monitoring the, uh, the uh, Russian ambassador and so forth. How do we know that? Maybe they are, maybe they're not. Now, we now is- know somebody leaked it. Probably at the FBI. These are felonies, by the way. Somebody leaked it. I didn't make that up. There it is in the New York Times. Go ahead a lot of other activity here we have washington post one more washington washington post mr holman i believe that's the pseudo newspaper that pseudo writers like you work for go ahead march 2nd u.s investigators have examined contacts attorney general sessions had with russian officials during the time he was advising donald trump's campaign so sessions was under investigation too Mr. Holman you're a jackass I'll be right back
0: did
1: you see Mike Huckabee on Life, Liberty and Levin last night on Fox he was terrific wasn't he you know who uh, who I'm interviewing for next Sunday Alan West. But Huckabee was terrific. And you know, those of you who watch the program, first of all, I want to thank you. Secondly, I think you, you, uh, you, you glean a lot from these guests, don't you? First of all, you learn a lot about them. You see them all the time on TV. And he said publicly into to me that this is one of the best uh, interviews he's ever had because he was able to sit down and have a conversation for an hour. That's what everybody says. I'd like to do the same with Bernie Sanders. He won't come on the program. He won't even respond to our inquiries. Elizabeth Warren? No. Others, Robert Reich, we tried. He said he has an exclusive with CNN. You know, I don't want the dummies. I want I want their best and brightest, so to speak. Well, that's not true. I went after the 28-year-old, and she doesn't respond to us either. But Mike Huckabee was terrific. Um, and every Sunday, we're going to, you know, highlight somebody who I think is very, very... It's not a gimmick. You know, these are people who are consequential or people you know, some people you've never heard of before, the mix of intellectuals, some politicians who I think uh, are meritorious in what they they think and say, Uh, and some people who are, uh, I think, up-and-comers, and and then uh, people who are in entertainment, who I I think are fascinating, too. We really haven't had a blunder yet in terms of the type of people we talk to, I don't think. Uh, Let's go to Cynthia, Los Angeles, California, quickly, Sirius Satellite. How are you?
8: Good good evening, Mr. Levin. Thank you You so much, sir, for taking my call. You too. Uh, Long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, I wanted to uh, speak about your um, Life, Liberty, and Levin um, show last night uh, with uh, Governor Huckabee. One of the questions you asked him, which I considered quite poignant, is where is all this anger and vitriol coming from? His response was that um, President um, Trump has his own money. He is not accountable to anybody, and that's what he told us. In other
1: words, he doesn't owe anybody anything, so they can't get access to him.
8: Yes, he owes no one anything. So Mm -hmm. he can go in there with clean hands and do the right thing, as as Governor Huckabee said, m- making um, Jerusalem the capital. Of- All right, Cynthia,
1: I got to go. We're at the break. I apologize. Thank you for your call. We'll be right back.
3: The establishment's worst nightmare. Mark Levin, call in now, 877-381-3811.
1: Nearly every day there's another security breach. I hope you're taking this stuff seriously, because if you shop in stores or online with credit cards, have electronic health care records, or use email or online banking, you are vulnerable, meaning we all are. But I actually don't worry about it. I don't worry about it at all. Because I have the best-in-class identity protection for me and my family for my ID care. You need to do this, too. And you can. Go to com slash mark, code mark. Isn't that right? You also get 15% off when you enter promo code mark. That's com slash mark, promo code mark. Get the 15% off. I'm very proud to to uh, partner with MyID Care. They've been taking care of Fortune 500 companies for years. And MyID Care works with you personally and covers you for the nine types of identity theft. For less than 10 bucks a month, My ID care can even help if you're already a victim. Learn more and then let my ID care take care of you. MyIDCare.com slash mark code mark. Enter the code mark so you can get 15% off. That's myidcare.com slash mark, code mark. Well, let's see what else is out there, shall we? Let's see. Uh, Let us go to Ted, Long Island, New York, the great WABC. Go. Yes, hi. Good evening, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir, Ted. Go right ahead. Yes, Ty. Uh, I'm
7: calling tonight from perspective of 20 years in education here in New York
1: State. As United- a student or as a teacher?
7: Uh, ten years as a New York State public school teacher teaching mm-hmm. social studies, criminal justice, introduction to law, and United States history and government, and then about ten years on the federal level. And I wanted to opine on two segments. One, first and foremost— Uh, About in the mid '90s, a news organization was created, News 12 Long Island, uh, in order to combat the overwhelming news from the New York City. All right, thanks for your call.
1: uh, You didn't you didn't mention any of this when you spoke to the call screen. I'm not interested in promoting or denouncing some local news outlet that I know nothing about. All right, you just kind of blow up the show when you do stupid stuff like that. So, I don't know what that news channel is, and it's not really relevant. Tim, Birmingham, Alabama, on the Mark Levin app. How are you?
3: How are you doing, my buddy? Long time. Had to talk to you. Thank you, pal. Appreciate. Everything's going well. You, uh, you helped me through some back surgery a bunch of years ago. I was laid on my back for about oh, I remember three you. or four weeks. Oh, yeah. And uh, you, you, you helped me through a tough time. I just want to tell Rich, I just wanted to say one thing. These people that are doing all the screaming and they're mm-hmm. pointing towards the bonfire, the bonfire's in their own party. Mm-hmm. And if they thought 2016 was a shocker,
1: oh, you think they're going to get blown out huh oh i i I'm, I'm
3: just you know of course they don't understand we're still mad <laughs> they, they don't get it they don't get what's going on they
1: seem kind of mad too, and for what i don't know what the hell for
3: well i exactly well it's 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 a falsetto it's it's not it's not real because they're not real. Mm-hmm. They're not real. They've never been real. And there's a chance for us, I, in my opinion, to shut the door on the last hundred years.
1: Nah, we won't be able to do that in one election. Well, yeah, I wouldn't hey, overstate it. I don't, I don't believe that.
3: We can hope we can hope. But I just wanted to thank you for the geez, man, for doing what you do, sticking your neck out. When I listen to you and, and you've given me a lot of uh, uh, ammunition to go back and study the founders. I think I'm listening to John Adams. Or maybe Ben Franklin.
1: Well, you're very, very kind. A friend of mine once said, and I never watched the John Adams documentary. I guess I should have. Apparently, he was quite curmudgeonly. That's what they wrote about him and so forth. People say, You remind me of John Adams. (laughs) I don't know if that's a compliment or not. But let me tell you something. I think it is because the man was a genius. He
3: was. He was. And. and Thank God for what you do. TV show well, was great last night. you got to be killing them in that time segment, just like John this.
1: We are. And Thanks, I appreciate- Tim. I appreciate it, buddy. As a matter of fact, I almost forgot. People ask me to do this each week, and I try to do it. Let's listen to a little of Huckabee, in, in a way, you've never heard him before, because he actually gets a chance to speak. Uh, from last night's Life, Liberty, and Levin. Here's a few minutes. Cut 14. Go. Speaking of his critics... They're getting more and more out there. Yeah, crazier by the day. We're about the same age. I would read George Will's columns religiously. Mm-hmm. Great thinker, great columnist. But I don't read them anymore uh, unless somebody hands them to me. This sad, embarrassing wreck of a man, Washington Post, George Will. It starts out first three words: America's child president, and I stopped there, and I said, This isn't rational thinking when you look at what the president has done economically you can disagree with certain aspects i have my disagreements with him but i also have a lot of agreements Mm -hmm. with him. when it comes to judges and taxes and regulations he abides by the constitution which is a big deal to me look at his foreign policy Uh, when it comes to israel when it comes to the iran deal when it comes to being tough on uh, north korea we still have military assets off the peninsula Mm -hmm. there uh, and even though he calls Xi his friend, he's tough on the Chinese. And he's been much tougher on Russia than Obama could ever have dreamed of. Much more so. What is this, America's child president? What, they don't like the way he talks? They don't like the way he looks? They don't like his uh, New York accent? What is the problem here? It's personal with these guys. It's personal.
2: But the vitriol is unhinged. It has no rational, no normal kind of basis. It's just that they cannot accept that Donald Trump won the presidency in November 16. I I try to say to folks, look, I ought to be more bitter than you. I was one of those guys that put my life on the line for this. But I tell everybody, Donald Trump was not my first choice for president. I was my first (laughs) choice for president. But he was my second choice. And I unabashedly say that. And I'm proud to support him. And part of what I admire is that there is this sort of bull in the china shop, uh, torpedoes, you know, full speed ahead. Torpedoes, be damned. Let's go. I like that. I like it that we have a president who has instincts and he follows them, and he's not dissuaded uh, by people who are always putting some strings on him and telling him who he's going to upset. Uh, clearly, he's upset a lot of people in uh, the Potomac. Do you, you world. think
1: it's a cultural battle even
2: within the conservative movement? Oh, without a doubt. And what is that? It's resentment its resentment there are a lot of people and i don't think they even see this but their world is about getting invited to the nice cocktail parties in georgetown their world is about being part of the swells but they live in the bubbles and i say there's three big bubbles in america new york washington hollywood maybe a fourth one silicon valley people living in those bubbles don't know the rest of america they think they do but they don't they resent the rest of america they think they're better than the rest of america we're the basket of deplorables we're the people who are the great unwashed. But Donald Trump understands that those great unwashed people, people like me, who grew up more comfortable working in the kitchen than sitting at a head table, that we're the people that actually gave this country its its strength, its roots, and raised the kids that went to war and won battles. And I don't think they get that. But there's an anger and a resentment, and it's personal. It's not political. It's one thing to argue with Donald Trump about his... Uh, maybe his style, even argue with him, certainly about policies that you disagree with. But when you have people on major networks that say that anyone who supports Trump is a Nazi, like the nutcase Donnie Deutsch said. That's
1: NBC on Scarborough Show.
2: Scarborough said that anyone who supported them was a racist. Mm-hmm. Now That's unhinged, Mark.
1: Yes, that's unhinged. Is. Now, you as folks know in the past I've been critical of uh, Mike Huckabee. Let me tell you something, I was wrong. He's a very decent man. I really like him and liked him both uh, on the show and before and after the show. He is hes down to earth, the real deal. Cut 15, go. So this cultural battle, even within the conservative movement, um, you think it's because um, he came out of nowhere and they didn't have a say in it? Do you think it's because he truly is an outsider? Uh, do you think it's because of what he says and the way he says it, because his policies, they're not left-wing policies. They're not anti-American policies. They're not... They're, they're, and many of his policies actually are, are Reagan-esque. Not all, but many. And some of these people who back Reagan or back Bush and so forth and so on, they are over the top hostile to Trump. They don't own
2: him. They don't control him. They don't get to pick up the phone, call him and say... Uh, got a favor, and don't forget, I gave you the money to get you elected. He doesn't owe them anything, and I truly believe that one of the strengths of his presidency is that he can tell them all to go to the devil,
1: and there's not really a whole lot they can do about it. One more. Cut 16, go. It's my observation that the level of reporting has really been degraded. Uh, it's difficult to tell reporters from commentators. It's difficult to tell reporters from Hollywood actors yeah. a lot of the time. Um, that doesn't really serve the American people, does it?
2: Well, journalism ought to be something that is done agnostically, that you don't know what a reporter thinks. If a reporter puts him or himself or herself into the story, that's no longer journalism. That's commentary. That's editorialism. And most of what we see, 90 percent of it, has a tinge of being editorial content. Uh, I tell people all the time, you know, what what I do, whether it's on TV or anywhere else, it's not journalism. I don't even play a journalist on television. But a lot of these people think they're journalists, and they're not. When you use a Twitter account and you put your point of view into it, you've stepped across the line from journalism into advocacy. And the problem we have is that journalism has become a lost art. And when the president says, uh, you know, we got a lot of fake news, they get all uh, up on their high horse, and they take umbrage to it, what they should do is evaluate what they're saying, what they're writing, and ask themselves, am I a real journalist? Because a real journalist just presents the facts. Let's the, the reader or the listener uh, make the determination what those facts should mean.
1: And what about so-called news outlets that have guests who throw the word Hitler around, like they're throwing around the word the um, in describing the president as policy, any president, yeah. for their policies? This president, nor any other
2: president, has ever marched millions of people to a cold-blooded murder. I think it is an insult to the 6 million Jews and to the 11 million victims of the Holocaust to ever suggest that an American president could be compared to a Hitler. And I wonder where is the liberal Jewish community that ought to be outraged that there is a minimalization of the Holocaust by making this comparison. It's insulting. It's insulting to the people who were murdered in the Holocaust. And it's insulting, too, to those of us who believe that politics is something about which you can be passionate, but you shouldn't be stupid. And some of these people have just become stupid in pulling out analogies that, that are beyond the pale. As a
1: Jew, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, and it is, it is very troubling to me that we, we've dumbed down so-called journalism to the level now where concentration camps are thrown out there, where Hitler's thrown out there, the Third Reich is thrown out there because they don't like a president or they disagree with his policies. It really is beyond the pale.
2: Mark, I want to just say this. Yeah. I've been to Auschwitz three times. Yeah. And, and I, I don't think anybody can ever go and see what happened to people and to say that anything that America is doing has ever done would even be appropriately equated to that and I I resent it
1: you know ladies and gentlemen I'm very proud of this show I'm proud of Levin TV proud of my radio show proud of what I write and I'm proud of the Fox show I hope you've been watching and enjoying it to sort of top off your weekends at uh, 10 p.m. on the east and uh, 7 p.m. on the west coast uh, on Fox every Sunday we'll be right back
0: Mark Lovin.
1: 3.8 million Americans are reading in Primus for free each month. Are you one of them? I'm one of them. It's the very best and largest. Digest of Conservative Thought, and it's published by Hillsdale College. You can receive it for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Primus is always outstanding and always free as part of Hillsdale's efforts to teach all Americans how to pursue truth and defend liberty. I think it's one of the most important publications in the country, and I read it every month. This month's edition is particularly powerful, featuring Vice President Mike Pence's message to Hillsdale's graduating class. It's a message that will teach you, challenge you, and inspire you, and you really need to read it. Start reading in primus and learn how to defend freedom, starting with the current issue. Vice President Pence will help ground you in the teachings and traditions that are greatest uh, inheritance as Americans, the same teachings and traditions that it assures foundation of boundless american future here's what you do visit levinforhillsdale.com to get your free subscription to Imprimus, no strings attached that's l e v i n for hillsdale.com and if you like my show you'll love Primus too that's levinforhillsdale.com all right let's see who's here hold on one second bill chicago illinois the great wls country go Yes, Mark, thank you. My wife and I
6: look forward to your Sunday evening show. Uh, Governor Huckabee was great last evening. You You were great. I think you're in your best environs there when you're interviewing someone like that over a 60-minute period. Well, thank you. And really, really do appreciate your show, so keep it up, sir.
1: I appreciate that, brother. Thanks very, very much. Let's see here. Stephen, Great Falls, Montana on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir?
3: For taking my call, you I've bet. been looking at this FISA application that was been released over the weekend, yes. and you were talking about the lack of integrity of the FISA court judges. Correct. Is, is it possible to impeach these judges, or
5: do yes. we have?
1: Yes. Yeah, to- no. You can impeach them. They're federal district judges for the most part. So that's but, up to our
5: congressmen to do that.
1: Well, they're not going to do it because there was a famous case of Samuel Chase on the, the associate justice of the Supreme Court early in our history, and there was a movement by uh, by Jefferson and his party to impeach and remove him uh, because of a particularly uh, loathsome opinion they felt uh, that he had written, and it failed. And so therein, we're told, it's the tradition that you cannot impeach judges uh, just because you disagree with them. So typically it has to be like Alcee Hastings, you know, who, uh, yeah. uh, who was indicted, although he was cleared of... Uh, Taking bribes and stuff like that,
3: but it's clear these judges fell down on their due diligence.
1: Listen, and 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 I'll I'll tell you what, I I agree with you, and I don't think these judges should get away with it. I think Congress should. They want to do it in secret session; it's up to them. Uh, They they should ask these judges what they were doing. Uh, They're not questioning their opinions, quote unquote, as if they're writing some great opinion. I think they have a right to try and fix this. They ought to abolish the court, create something else, and ask these judges, what the hell happened? Yes, sir. I, I mean, what is that, a conflict? You're not allowed to ask a judge a question of, of this sort? Again, I'm not. it's not about the independence of the judiciary. They created these FISA courts. They're in secret. There's a particularly high standard that needs to be applied here. And I'm not saying you... You zing them because you disagree with them. I'm saying you ask them, what the hell did you do here? You didn't have probable cause. I'm trying to figure out, Your Honor, if you were misled or something of that sort. These judges have an obligation on their own, quite frankly, to protect the law and protect the courtroom, and they're not doing it. Absolutely. Either they were misled or they went along with it. Then I read a stupid article. They were all appointed by Republicans. What the hell does that have to do with anything? Nothing. Nothing. All right, my friend. Good call, Stephen. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, and ICE. And I hope to see you tomorrow on the radio. We'll be on Levin TV. we got all kinds of cool stuff going on. God bless you, and thank you for being here. See you tomorrow.